0: we've been in a series um, called Transition. When, when I first started, I thought, oh, this will last maybe three weeks, and we're in about number 11 right now, and um, we're going to pick up on it. And, and it's kind of, you know, uh, transitioning in different ways, meaning promotions We've heard a lot about that. Somebody, another person turned in one that got a promotion and uh, then they put a comment in there that they said, and they got more vacation time. So can't beat that. Oh, maybe you can, maybe in the next promotion. But but promotion, what really what we're doing is talking about transition, and life is full of transitions, whether it's in relationships, whether it's at work, whether it's situations at home or family and life. There are a lot of things that um, need to be navigated when you transition or move, and we've talked about different things along the way, and, but this one may be a little bit different because I do know this, even though we've talked about it from ministry perspective, church perspective, individuals' lives. There is a dynamic I know about promotion, whether you know from God something is happening and there is a transition coming or a change coming, you know, at motion or an increase or something like that. Or maybe even know it, you know, at work you're expecting something and uh it's, it's like on you, but there's a delay. What do you do if there is a delay? And um, so if you will, turn to Philippians, the third chapter, because sometimes when there's delays, it doesn't mean it's not happening. It doesn't mean it's not actually working right then and that you are in the middle of it. But sometimes if we only go by appearance, some things that kind of look identical— you know in other words you you know maybe you've been tempted before in your life and you you went oh I've been tempted or pressured in this area this will just blow right over because this just you know after about a day or two it's gone and all of a sudden you're a week later or two in it thinking what is going on this is identical to before I just whizzed through it last time and then after two or three weeks you're through and you're Moving on, but you look at it and you think, why is it different? Why is it different? Well, if you read the story of Daniel, we can see why some things are different or why we're sensing a transition and we're going through it, but all of a sudden it seems like it's not happening as fast. Where all of a sudden we're hearing testimonies of different people, but why is it slower for me this time? Or even uh, slower than a different time, you know, in a transition. In the, the story of Daniel, there are so many wonderful uh, things. If you haven't read the book of Daniel in a while, it might be worth it. He was like us, went through different things. But you, one, one thing you'll see in Daniel's life is God wanted good for him. It's true for all of us. And, and in Daniel's life, one time he prayed and an angel came and is like, here's your answer. Well, that's how all prayers are. You know, if you don't see it in 30 seconds, there's something wrong with you. No. Daniel prayed again. And then it was day one, day two, day three, day four. And he just didn't keep, I mean, he, he had set himself and he prayed. And, you know, if he went by his past experience, he might think, what in the world is wrong with me? Is God not answering my prayer? Is God not for me anymore? Is God not working? You know, it's day 20. <laughs> you know, maybe my prayer life doesn't work like it used to. Maybe I just don't have what I once had, that oomph. But it had nothing to do with Daniel. And on the 21th day, 21th or 21st, but the 21th day, this angel appears. It sounds better. Right. It's old King James. 20, 20, that's old. Or obsolete. That's made up, King James. But on the twenty-first day, this angel appears to him and says, I'm here with your answer. But then he makes this real uh, mind-altering thought. He said, God heard the first day you prayed, and I was sent the first day you prayed. Then where were you at, dude? Because how many of you know, even though there might be a struggle out there, there can be a real struggle here. I mean, if you think Daniel was different than other humans and he just prayed and went, oh, no big deal, God heard, and never had to deal with a contrary thought, that said, where is this that you know God's done it before, but what's the deal this time? Why the delay? He, he didn't go, I guess God didn't hear me. But I guarantee you in everybody's life, at some time you're going to have to deal with what Daniel dealt with. Where one day your prayer's like, woohoo, and you're telling everybody, I'm a prayer warrior. And then 21 days in, or 20 days in, you're like, what happened to my warrior? You know, nobody's ever been there. We all know somebody, even though it's not us, right, <laughs> who's been praying. But, but understand this, we don't see everything. We're spiritual beings, and we're natural beings. I mean, we're spiritual beings encased in a natural body, and we function in this natural world. And people who only function there and are not connected to God and his word, they can have different opinions. But how many of you know living in this world will sometimes try to dictate certain opinions that are not always true? Because if he was looking just with his natural eyes, God hadn't heard. God hadn't answered. I better pray again. But isn't it wild if, if we can look not just with natural eyes and look with spiritual eyes, uh, Daniel's prayer and the motion of it happened the instant he prayed. And you know it's true with you too. It's true with you too, even if it's lingered for a day now. How many of you know it can happen in one day or one hour? It doesn't have to be 21 days, or it could have been 30 days. But that angel said, I was sent the first day when you asked God, God dispatched me. I had your answer the whole time. You know, then the question is for us is, dude, did you take the long way? Nobody appreciated that. I mean, wouldn't you wonder, like, okay, um, last time you were here like in 30 seconds, uh max this time we're talking 21 days but it's so cool that he told us what happened he said where daniel was he said i was coming with your answer and this uh evil spirit this ruling spirit over this land came and opposed me and he was hindering me now how many of you know god and his power can prevail but in this case, this ruling spirit or this spirit there over this area was opposing him. And he is wrestling with this thing because he is determined. How many of you know heaven is determined about the will of God? If we get as determined as heaven is, watch out. And Daniel was like, hey, I need this. This is it. I prayed. And this thing comes, and now there is a fight going on. And how many of you know we don't always recognize that there could be something happening, some fight that we're not aware of? It doesn't mean our prayer wasn't answered. It doesn't mean God wasn't attending to it. If we get focused on the natural, we we need to be careful we don't turn our mouths against ourselves. Um, Uh, God didn't hear me ah, what's my problem? I need somebody else to pray. No, you are powerful as a child of God in prayer. And you just have to be careful that you don't turn your mouth away from your answer because then your angel may go, well, I guess he didn't need this after all. Well, anyway, we'll just keep going. And, uh, So just get your mouth back. God's heard. And that could be where the fight of faith is. You know, the Bible uses that term, fight the good fight of faith. It literally means to stay confident. And so this angel said, I was wrestling, I was fighting, and then Michael, this archangel, this warring one came, and he prevailed, and then I was able to come on and finish and bring what was sent to you the first day. So can delays happen, but really be in the motion? Oh, absolutely. Is God for you? Without question. You know, and that's why it's dangerous to look at somebody else who prayed and hip, hip, hooray, in three seconds, they got theirs, and they got their party hats on, and they're like, woohoo, everybody, and you're over here going, where's my party? You know, you got your little thing, but it's sitting there on the table, your hat's on the table, and you're like, when do I get to swing the bat at the piñata and have the party? Well, you might as well act like it because it's working. So what do we do if we see a delay? Well, Philippians, the third chapter, is... uh, A reflection from Paul over his life and how he moved on in the will of God and how he kept pursuing God's best and kept moving on further and further in the will of God. And in Philippians, the third chapter, we'll begin reading in the 13th verse. It says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended or fully laid hold of everything. He was constantly laying hold on more and getting more and increasing through his life. And he even knew that his increase didn't even end here. That when he died, he'd get the biggest prize. Are you with me? He said, but this one thing I do. Wow, if you can just have a list, you know, have you ever had a, somebody say, now here's what you need to do, and you're like, now write down 20. One, two, three, and you're like, oh, great. Isn't it wild? He just said, this one thing I do. Wow, that's great. How many things? One thing. Whew. How many of us can do one thing? Somebody's like, I- I- I'm trying. Well, he's going to tell us to do this one thing, but I'm going to tell you this one th- thing is like two things. He is a trick. Now, I, I remember reading this one time and then reading another story uh, that Jesus told some people to do one thing, and it was actually two things. But they were interconnected. As like one type of thing. And this is it. Are you ready? But this one thing, I do. Forgetting. Somebody said, I can do that. I can forget. But this is a selective forgetting. Are you with me? A real forgetting. Not, oh, I forgot to move that from the washer to the dryer. Now I have to rewash it, kind of forgetting. This is a selective forgetting. He said, forgetting those things which are behind. Forgetting the things which are behind. And then he said, and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Paul knew how to move and transition and increase. And there is a thought here of forgetting certain things. One thing about forgetting, and sometimes you have to forget some good. Sometimes you have to forget some bad. You know where I'm going, Clint Eastwood, and some ugly. You know, you're going to have to forget some of these. Come on now, I mean, who doesn't love some Clint Eastwood at some point in your life? At least when I was seven years old. But anyway, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward. And there is a dynamic of forgetting. Uh, The children of Israel were being promoted, and they didn't forget the land they came out of. And when they thought back, it started drawing them back. And so learning to forget is a huge thing. Paul learned because he had obtained some different natural things, and he said, I'm going to put that stuff behind me. Even, you know, just as a side thought, even if you don't carry out this forgetting the things that are behind, and you just leave them there, at least have enough wisdom to know if I leave these past things there, they're going to be pulling. I better be careful how I make decisions. If I'm not going to forget them and I'm going to leave them there, there is going to be an internal pull in a different direction. That's why he said, forgetting those things which are behind, and I will say this, forgetting things that are behind actually positions you To move forward. It really does. You know, because there isn't that old relationship. And you know an old relationship isn't always an old girlfriend or an old boyfriend. or A relationship could be a bad habit. Are you with me? And I remember how we used to do this together. Like, it, like when you were there, you were happy in that addiction. You know what I mean? And, and people who think back, it can create a drawback. And so we'll, we'll look at that because why? Because God wants you to move on to something better and wants to keep you in a better place. And he wants your life not to be messed up. He wants it to be good. It's just how he is. It's just his nature. Anybody who has ever read anything about the Bible knows that when we get to heaven and we're there with the Lord, it's not like, ugh, it's bad. Everybody thinks, oh, it's good. Well, it shows his character. It shows his nature. It shows what he wants. It shows how he is. I mean, Jesus saw it that way so much when he was teaching the disciples to pray. He said, pray that his will would be done on earth like it's being done in heaven. So how many of you know it's real bad up there? Some bad neighborhoods you don't... I feel sorry for the people who live in those neighborhoods. No, there's none of that. Oh, you live over there in heaven. Well, we're not going to be hanging around with you. You can come to my house, but we're not going to. There's nothing like that. There's no bad. There's, I mean, it's like everything's going to be good. I mean, it's going to be wonderful. And he said, Pray that your will would be done on earth as in heaven. But you just need to realize we live in a fallen world. There is opposition. So there are some uh, forces that are not all for it. But are you ready to keep reading? So he said this in verse 14, uh, pressing toward those things that are ahead or forgetting and moving forward, reaching forward. Verse 14 says, I press toward, I reach, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Notice verse 15. Therefore, let us, as many as mature, have this mind. He said, as we grow in God and we develop in our thinking and we grow up, he said, this is a good way to think. Uh, uh, Have this kind of training where you discipline your mind, where you start thinking there's good out ahead. Because if there's never good out ahead, the Bible said, hope deferred makes the heart sick. So God has made it so we will know there's good out ahead. And the reason he does that is because it can have an internal ugh in us. And so he wants us to remember there's good out ahead. Keep pressing. Keep going. What did Daniel do when he prayed? He kept going. He didn't see the answer, but he kept going. He knew. He had a relationship with God, and he knew. One thing is about us, if we are talking about something that God has dealt with us about, it is most, to me, some of the most fascinating things is how God has led me over the years. Being in the middle of a hard time or a hard situation, I've had God ignore talking to me about the present situation. Somebody said, oh, I thought you said he's good. He is. And I've learned from his character. Because I had promises or things in the word of God, and he didn't just, you know, other than maybe enlighten me, it was almost like he didn't talk about the problem. He just started talking about my future and this good thing and this big thing up here. And he just started going, this is what I'm going to do. And this is where you're going. And I'm like, but I'm right here. And he's not talking to me about it. But he knows I know his word. So he knows I know that I'm supposed to stand on it and trust him. And the whole time, you know, at various or various times along the way, he's just showing me a picture about this. Dealing with me about this. But wait a minute. What about the current situation? And then you have to think, if he's not too concerned, maybe we shouldn't be too concerned. If he's not coming unglued, maybe we shouldn't come unglued. If he's like, hey, this is it, then he knows we're headed beyond. So what should we do? Just keep traveling. Keep pressing. Keep moving forward. Look at this in Hebrews, the 12th chapter. You guys with me? Jesus did this in a time of transition where he was being taken on to something that was going to be way beyond uh, spectacular, something we were all going to partake of and really that the whole world potentially could partake of if they would. It just is left up to them, and will we tell them? So Hebrews, the 12th chapter, gives us a clue about our own life, what happens if there's a delay, and we don't see something, but we know it's there, we know it's coming. You know, God could deal with you about a job. Somebody could offer you a job and say, hey, maybe it's not what you're getting paid right now, but you realize this is right And it may not look like it, but you know that God's just setting you up for something bigger. When we're following him, he is the master of success. That should motivate us to obey him because he's the master of success. Hebrews, the 12th chapter. We'll begin reading in verse uh, 1, and we'll see that Jesus used this idea of pressing... And running and moving forward with the idea of having hope out ahead. Notice Hebrews 12.1. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Well, what does this mean? It's really, depending on the translation you look at, it's talking about this earthly Uh, race that all people are in, but particularly ones that are on the course, Christians, people who know God, he said heaven, and some translations talk about these cloud of witnesses being people who have gone before us who sit in the grandstands of heaven. Now, I don't know that they sit there all the time. I'm sure they have duties, but kind of like us, we go to a sporting event and we watch it and then we go do what we're doing. I don't know if that's how it is there. They do different things at different times. They're, they go line up in the grandstands and they're watching people run their race on earth and they're cheering. They're like, go for it, keep going. And they're, they're watching. Well, this is to help us realize there's something out ahead, We're not doing this with nobody watching. There are people cheering us on. That gives us hope. And he said, A great cloud of witnesses let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Some translations say, Tangle up our ankles and slow us down. You know, it's like... When people go to run a race, they don't run a race with ankle weights on. You may do that training, but when you're ready to run, you lay it aside. He said, let us run. Sounds like pressing. Sounds like some effort. Let us, let us run with endurance. In other words, keep going the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus. In other words, look at his example, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. In other words, the present place where he was at, he was able to overcome one way by looking beyond where he was, having hope, realize God's working. So it helped him to have that out ahead, to keep pressing. He said before him, he, the hope that was set before him, and through that, he was able to endure the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of God. In other words, he was able to weed through the problems that were coming as he was transitioning, because he looked beyond, and not just at the present. Because people were looking at him and mocking him. People were looking at him thinking, who does he think he is? And we know that. But he was able to get beyond and get tremendous results and really transition into something wow through all this opposition, just because, or not just because there were a couple factors, but one of the factors was because he looked beyond. He saw the bigger picture. We know from scripture that people who are short-sighted, it can cause blindness in their walk, and they they don't see quite properly, and they start forgetting things. How many realize this? When we really know God's plan, it helps us to weed through some of the junk, some of the, the fluff, the Things that are just saying, no, don't do that. Go this way. What do you think you're doing? When we see God's big plan, it kind of just helps us to weed things out. Helps us to make proper perspective decisions. Are you with me? And so notice this, verse 3. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become discouraged, weary, and discouraged in your soul. You know, God doesn't want your emotions and your soul to be discouraged or where courage is gone. God wants you to have courage because he's for us. He said, one way is this, is keep pressing... Even if you haven't seen the end result yet, have a proper perspective and realize, hey, if God has dealt with you, things are in the works. Things are happening. Keep that in front of you, not behind you. Look at this in Psalm 75. A familiar verse maybe to two different people. And, And to me, these verses are real interesting because... In our lives, if we're going to press on, I'm not, what I'm about to say is I'm not making an excuse for when we mess up. Or when we haven't been perfect or things, you know, we've, we just haven't done everything right. Not making an excuse, but going to state a fact. Maybe I'll state the fact before I read it. Not all of your goof-ups are going to stop promotions. Some of them are in the works, and they're going to happen, whether we're perfect or not. We should strive to do our best. We should do that. But, But even in our best efforts, we're not perfect. Now, this is not a time to go, awesome, I can totally be a goofball. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying there are times where you're kind of in the motion of transition, and maybe you emotionally didn't just, you're not doing it exactly correctly, but you're moving there. You know, I'm not just believing exactly the right way. Um, It's not all just dependent on you. I mean, if you look at some of the people God promoted in the Bible, I mean, they wouldn't be my top 10. What was that, commercial years ago? Like you could make it on a certain thing on someone's cell phone and you're like their top people. Yeah, they wouldn't be that. And some of them that got promoted didn't even believe they were that. Like God talks to, to one guy and he's all, Gideon, you mighty man of valor. And he was like, you know, like the three stooges when they're like gentlemen. And they look around to see who they're talking to because it couldn't be me. You know, from their perspective. Well, God said, Mighty man of valor. And he's like, Who? Who are you talking to? How many of you know God knows us better than we know ourselves? And maybe we've just by been identifying improperly. And so when he said that to Gideon, he meant it. It wasn't just a faith statement, it was a reality. And so God does the promoting. You know, I know this. If you plant things in your yard, and you know, your regimen is you have to water twice a day until this comes up. How many of you know, there are times maybe you only watered once. Or, whoops, I forgot for a whole day, and then I went back and watered. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You weren't perfect now, if you just quit watering, that's a different story. But you, you're doing your best, and whoops, I forgot. Get out there and water. Wow, it's still growing. Look at that. You with me? Yeah. And that is the truth. Some of us probably know that better than others because you're like the wilting queen, you know, of gardeners. You know, everything goes ah uh, to that point, and you water it, and it goes ah. We're alive again. <laughs> You, you with me? I'm not trying to, you know, say just do anything, but in spite, there are things that kind of get into motion that have been planted, that are growing, that are his design. And there are reasons we should do certain things appropriately because it develops certain kinds of character that we're going to need in that. And if we don't get them and work on them now, we'll have to work on them later to help preserve us. You understand, those are realities. But the fact is, right here in Psalm 75, verse 6, it says, for exaltation, uh, different translations say for promotion, or exalting, lifting up to a higher place. You know, God could talk to somebody and say, I'm going to make you rich. Just just be careful how much you brag. You with me? Because remember who told you he was going to do it. So it would be good to stay humble and just go, thank God he did it instead of telling everybody how you did it. Because if he says I'm doing it, that means he's working. And it's happening. If he said I'm going to make you famous, you know, these are real scriptures throughout the Bible. There were people in the Old Testament, he said I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to make you great and make your name great. Really? Yeah, God does that. Well, we need to realize he said that He was going to do it, and some of the approach to it didn't always look real pretty. What I'm trying to say is, keep pressing. If God said it, promotion or this thing is in the works. Notice, for exaltation comes neither from the east or from the west or from the south, but God is the judge. He puts one Puts down one and exalts another. In other words, he's saying, God is the one who does it. We may water, we may do different things, but God does it. So if there is a delay and it looks like, man, I'm right there, what should I do? Forget the past. Keep thinking on the future, and just keep doing kingdom business now, and if it's natural work or whatever it is, just stick with it. I'm going to read one last verse. This verse has helped me at different times in my life, immensely. I believe uh, that this could be a good verse for a number of people, and maybe not today, maybe for some today. But this verse has straightened me out internally, helped me immensely. It, it, and the further you go with God, the more that a verse like this to me uh, is important. Because the further you go with God, you collect things. You know, like the longer you live in your house, the more you collect things. Even if you're good at being a non-collector, Anybody know what I'm talking about? Some people are just good collectors. Some people are disciplined not to collect, but they still collect. This is not to shame anybody or to shame me or whatever, but it is a reality. But in the Christian life, there are things we collect. We should know what we collect and only keep some of the good things. When we hear testimonies of victories for people and how they won, keep that, collect that. When we have things that God's led in us or led us to and dealt with us about, we should collect those. We should hold those. Why, why should we? Four times, like we're talking about, of a transition. You know, we're, we're moving into this. We're right in the middle of this. I see it happening, but it seems like it's a little delayed. What's going on here? You know, past experiences in these areas can be immensely helpful. Where we've been led by God, and we didn't see it happening, and we didn't see it happening, and then it came to pass, and we went, Whew. But then fast forward a year or two years, and we have another experience like that. We don't see it happening, but then it comes to pass. Because he spoke it and we knew it but then what happens after you've gone through 10 of these and then this one looks bigger than the other ones and it seems like it's a little more delayed but it's a bigger thing how many of you know looking at those past experiences can be tremendously helpful are you with me even if there are times we missed it we went oh he was trying to help me Hebrews, the 10th chapter. Are you ready? Are you ready? Okay. Hebrews, the 10th chapter, the 32nd verse. It says, but recall the former days in which after you were illuminated. In other words, you got light, you got direction, you saw something in God, you experienced something with him. He said, after you were illuminated, you endured a great struggle with sufferings. In other words, you were going through something, man, and there was some contrary wind blowing at me saying, back up, back down, but you were holding on to some kind of illumination that you had in God. And he is talking about this here, about remembering when you were illuminated. He talked about partly while you were made a spectacle by reproaches and tribulation and partly while you became companions of those who were so treated. In other words, you were with other people that were ill-treated but they had divine life too and they kept going. The idea of this verse here is that we have experiences in God. We have light in God. We have direction from him. And he said it will help us to make it through things. And he said call to remembrance the former days after you're illuminated. In other words, you can, when you're in the present transition, kind of making it through, you can look way back. I haven't done this in a long time, but I remember after I gave my life to the Lord, and when I was a youth pastor all those years, um, I often would tell youth this that I'm about to tell you because it was real to me, and I saw it in youth again and again. When I first gave my life to the Lord, I had such an illumination, such a realization, if if there was a row for people who would be martyred for their faith, I would have jumped right in line. I would not have cared. If, if they needed somebody who was going to stand or be killed and killed for their faith, I would have said, big deal. I'm ready to go. I know the Lord. I used to know drug dealers. Now I know the Lord. I used to sell stuff. Now I know the Lord. This way bigger, I'm willing to die. Well, there was such an illumination, but I was learning a new pattern. I had transitioned out of the world, been translated into the kingdom of God, and I could remember some days coming to church and thinking, how did I even get out of bed to get here? There was such seeming opposition. But I'd make it through and then it'd be like hip, hip, hooray, you know, for a while. Then there would be opposition. And it seemed like after about a year and a half, two years, some of that changed and I just got in a groove and I kept kept on. And it just became life. And that's what I would tell youth because I would watch it. I'd tell them, listen, whatever you do, really stick with it in this transition time where you've come to know the Lord. Just really push and just know for a couple of years, don't give in. And some of that is just going to change. you're going to help, and you'll just get in a pattern. You'll just keep going. Oh, you'll get to stand against other things till you get to heaven. Like one man asked an older minister, he said, you know, he was quite a bit older. He said, When did you finally overcome this thing and just kind of go on with God? He said, I don't know. You're going to have to find somebody older than me. Meaning, he meant, Life is going to have things that it's going to be thrown at you. Earth is not heaven. We talk about heaven on earth, but earth is not heaven. We might be able to experience some heaven on earth, but it is not. How many of you know you're not going to be tempted in heaven? Some people aren't sure about that. How many of you realize there is it's just going to be a different program? But we're more than conquerors here. And God's trying to lead people through and into some stuff, and so when He said, "Call to remembrance the former days," after that you were illuminated. I would that illumination and reality and the grace of God just kind of brought me through some of those times. I thought, "How did I make it today?" But I made it, and so I would tell you, just push through that. You'll find that you'll enter into a new pattern if you just push through it for a couple of years and two years can seem like an eternity. Nobody's ever thought that. Two years? Especially if you're three years old, two years is more than half your life. And you're telling a youth, just push for a couple of years and you'll see, and the people that did that, man, it makes a huge difference. But for me, I can look back and go, you know what? I was so illuminated back then, it helped me to make it through. And God did things for me. And that can help me now. And you know what? That will help you now too. Even in a small area or a big area. And I would guarantee you in your imperfectness and perfectness, he got you through. I said, He got you through. And the reason he said, Do this is because he wants you to know we're going somewhere. His plans are good. And even if they look like, hey, it's got a little bit bumpy here along the way, you know, I mean, I remember, and I'll close with this when I uh, was getting ready to move from from California to here, God had been dealing with me and dealing with me and I knew this is it. This is it. Man, this is it. And it took a little while for this to be it. But I remember there was this girl who is now married to this one minister, real spiritual person and uh, perceptive and she would talk to me about this because she actually knew without me telling her. And so... Um, I would talk to her about what was going on, and uh, then all of a sudden it got real quiet. Just a short time before, and I thought, uh uh-oh, like there's no transition impression, none of this, and I remember I went to her and said, hey, when you pray, do you get anything anymore? And she's like, no, and I've wondered. And I thought, and you, you have to be careful. I thought, oh, God, did I do something? You know, did I do something that crossed the line? And I remember um, it had to be, and it, it, was, it was just a few months later and I was here. And, and I remember thinking, did I cross a line? Did, did it change? Did you change your mind, God? And I'll just say this, God's not changing his mind. But he may change how he talks to you about it to protect you. You know, he did that w- with John the Baptist and his dad who was in unbelief. And, and actually the pastor was reading this verse and, and said, you know, and his father, because he didn't believe and he, God wanted his plan to come to pass, said he was struck dumb. He couldn't say anything until later on when he said, Who the son was and his name. It was kind of only speak in line with the direction things are going. And I remember sitting on the, maybe the second row over here, first row. And I remember in my mind, I thought, and just kind of in my heart, I said, Well, that kind of stuff never happens anymore where somebody's struck dumb. Anybody ever thought like that? I did. Well, that that doesn't happen anymore. And it was so wild. And God said, yes, it does. And it happened to you. And I saw it like that. I went, oh, I was talking all over the road about this and adding this and talking like this. And he just took the light away about it happening. I had nothing to say. I was struck dumb. He didn't take away the thing. He just wanted to make sure it came to pass, and he wanted to make sure I didn't get in the way. And I remember right then on that row, right where I was sitting, I said, sorry, Lord, I'll be careful what I say about this. And all of a sudden, it was back that day. I explained it to that girl and how we had been talking. I said, we can talk. We just need to be careful how we talk about this. And from that day, the same thing happened to her and we both had it right there again. God's plan didn't change. He was just working to get it to come to pass. Amen? Amen? God's plan hasn't changed. We're in the motion. You're in the motion for a promotion. Boy, that was a good one, right? We'll end with that.